0: Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have
1: tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. Hello, assalamualaikum uh, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for joining this webinar. Uh, I'm happy that uh, you guys are on. Uh, my name is Dr. Adil Uh I'm uh, Jersey raised, uh, trained, uh, went to med school in South Jersey trained at Newark Bethesda Medical Center, and I've trained at uh, as an internal medicine and pediatric physician. Uh, I've been in the front lines um, taking care of patients with COVID since the beginning. I work at I worked at urgent care. Currently, I work at a emergency room where I take care of pediatric patients, adult patients, and also work inside a hospital. and also have my medical practice, so you know quite a bit of uh, patients I've seen uh, taking care of uh, quite a few COVID patients, and uh, <clears throat> definitely wanted to you know, share a lot of important information, especially with Ramadan coming up and the mosques opening. So um, starting with COVID, I think a lot of us are already aware of how COVID spreads. Uh, Dr. Munzoor, uh, is
0: it okay if we just wait a few more minutes in case
1: other people join a little late? Sure, I can, we can, we can do that. That's not an issue at all. Okay, thank you.
0: Meanwhile, Zen, you can ask some question because I'm sure people are gonna be on YouTube too as well. seems like instead of more people joining, one person left. <laughs> so uh, hold on one second. Yeah, we have to start on time. We cannot delay. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so why don't we no, just get, we'll start get started.
1: started? Okay, perfect. So, you know, I introduced myself already. So I, I want to go ahead and do a quick review on COVID. I think a lot of us already know that COVID um, it definitely spreads and it, it has the ability and potential to spread exponentially. You know, the biggest thing to keep in mind, um, COVID is definitely a droplet transmission and one of the big reasons, you know, we wear masks and socially distance is uh, this this big thing, right? A lot of us, when we cough, when we sneeze, the droplets can, uh, you know, come out uh, from our nose or our mouth and their ability to travel up to, uh, you know, further than six feet or at six feet is what limits them, uh, what, uh, where the guidelines come from, right? So when you cough and you sneeze, and it seems a little bit different, but when you're coughing, the droplets, because of their size, they can't get further than six feet. It's one of the reasons, um, you know, we, we push for, you know, stay six feet, just in case someone has COVID and they're coughing, the chance of those droplets getting to you, into your nose and your mouth, and cause infection are limited. But there is some data that states that it can be airborne. Airborne uh, essentially means, it can go quote much further um, than six feet, but you know that data is limited, and we, we're definitely convinced that it's definitely droplet transmission uh, when it comes to COVID. Um, you know the big thing uh, you know as uh, to talk about and to uh, keep an eye out on uh, with COVID. One of the things that I know a lot of people do not address, believe it or not, not only you know is it spread through contact, but you know it can be spread through stool, um, blood, and ocular secretions you know, COVID um, isn't the first time we've had this coronavirus. Uh, We've definitely had um, several coronaviruses and uh, there's about six at this time. The first coronavirus ever introduced um, to the US uh, was in 2003. Um, and it's actually very common as a pediatrician when I'm in the emergency room for me to see other coronaviruses. Just last night, uh, I diagnosed a child with a different coronavirus, 12-month-old who had different type of s- symptoms. But the biggest symptoms they cause is diarrhea. So one of the reasons, you know, they ask you vomiting, diarrhea, fever in stool plays a, a really big role in it spreading. So that's why one of the big reasons you should be definitely washing your hands. There's some data that it can, it can survive in stool for much longer than uh, the existing time, it can last for up to mo- uh, more than five, six days or so. Um, so very important to make sure that, you know, hand hygiene is, is very big um, with uh, COVID. And the other big thing um, you want to keep in mind when it comes to indoors, uh, there's definitely research already confirmed that, you know, the spread is, uh, is very high. Um, and, you know, this classrooms, uh, indoor mosques, indoor settings, homes, etc., um, and the, the biggest thing is the amount of time you, you spend with someone and the, clo- and the closer you are to them increases your risk of developing COVID. When you go to the CDC and check their guidelines out, they specify, you know, in order for you to be at high risk or very high risk, you must be, uh, you know, close to uh, within six feet of someone not wearing a mask uh, for more than or up to 15 minutes. Right. Uh, ha- however, the way we end up catching it if we're not next to someone for 15 minutes is on on surfaces right I think if you look up online the number of times we touch our face um, and last time I checked, last time I checked is like over eight like depends on the age group and whatnot but uh, it's quite a large number of times we touch our face so when you're touching uh, surfaces you're, t- you're shaking other people's hands, you're touching clothes, etc you know a lot of us touch our faces. Uh, without being aware so 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 that in itself plays a that big role in covid uh, uh spreading there are strategies in place um that are based purely uh, on science let me listen uh, to this room. i'm gonna call you back uh that, that are based on science that can uh, help pred- sp- uh, pr- prevent the spread of covid up to zero percent or rather one, close to 100 percent covid protection and that's something uh, i'm definitely going to address uh, i'm gonna call that. you back course Uh, This conversation. Um, So, you know, the other big thing, uh, you know, this is breaking down COVID, right, making it very simple, right. Uh, If no one with COVID is around chance of spread is obviously 0% or close to 0%, right. If particles are prevented from spreading, then the spread is very low. Right. So, you know, if two people are wearing appropriate masks, uh, if one person's wearing a mask and the other person has a mask and you're coughing and say so you're within six feet, um, you know, even closer, the chance of you catching COVID if both people are wearing the right mask, that's very important. The mask has to be a certain method. It has to be a double layer cloth mask, not just any mask. Um, then the chance of catching it, uh, you can look up, is less than 3% or so. So, you know, particles being uh, prevented from spreading, the droplet that we talked about earlier, definitely limits it. That's why masks are very important. And of course, sanitization is key. COVID can survive on surfaces uh, for quite a few times, including your hands, uh, which I'll address in a couple of slides, and uh, the amount of time it can spread. So that's why it's very important that we're consistently Um, You know, I say every 30 minutes uh, or so to an hour, depending on how busy the location is, wiping down surfaces, especially surfaces that are high utilization surfaces. Um, So, you know, the toolbox uh, that, you know, we we offer during Ramadan, nine step process when broken down, very simple and straightforward. The key thing you have to have is you you have to have COVID testing. Uh, That's so important. Uh, And there's a reason uh, the government has pushed for it. Covid testing plays a really big role, and we all know this. And and that's because about uh, based on CDC data that we have, you know, some say 35 to 39 percent, but you know, there's pretty good data showing that 59 percent of people with Covid can be asymptomatic, up to 59. Uh, you know, so testing is super important. The other thing is, you know, we call something called call social bubbles, which I'll talk about um, in in a few slides. The other thing you have to have is in case someone is exposed, you have to have contact tracing. You know, contact tracing sounds so difficult, oh man, contact tracing. How are we going to trace and, uh, you know, keep track of people in the community? When you combine our method here, it's actually going to be very simple, very straightforward. And there's a way to even automate it. Uh, where you can easily find people um, within your community, for example, within the masjid um, that are part of certain social bubbles that I'll address, uh, and be able to, um, you know, guide them appropriately. Of course, masking and health automation checks uh, is very important. The other thing is traffic pattern. Traffic pattern means, like, you know, if you are going in the mosque, right? Um, you know, it's to make sure that certain areas are utilized, um, and we're only going. To, for example, going for prayer, trying to limit the amount of people going go in that area. So you want to specify which ways to go. So if you go to, into stores nowadays, uh, especially like the big stores, you'll notice that there's a lot of arrows you're supposed to follow, it's supposed to be a one-way thing. That actually does play a big role in preventing uh, COVID. Of course, social distancing is key. Um, and uh, next thing is sanitation protocol. So all mosques should have a specific sanitation protocol and have a system set up to make sure that you got constantly and consistently cleaning. And lastly, uh, the last two, you uh, you want to have a COVID coordination team uh, with simple and very clear communications. Um, and of course, the biggest thing is COVID 19 vaccinations. Um, you should be encouraging those. And I'll I'll, I'll address uh, towards the end why we should all be getting vaccinated. Max- the CDC modeling does state about fifty-nine percent of transmission can be attributed to individuals without symptoms. That's only PCR tests, and you know we're not going to get into the the f- f- efficacy of these tests. But I can tell you, um, as a uh, a physician with a background in cell biology and neuroscience. Um, the PCR test is the way to go. And that is the only test that um, uh, should be reliable when it comes to picking up COVID, especially in asymptomatic people. The rapid tests, depending on the test it is, can miss COVID and especially the asymptomatics, even the symptomatics, uh, uh, quite a bit of the time. In the world of medicine, we say, anything, you know, and, and it depends, you know, what, what specialty you're in, but, uh, you know, when it comes to antibiotics, for example, any bacteria with more than 7% resistance, we, we don't use the other, we call it is resistant. We don't want to use it because 7% is a big number, right? In the world of medicine, we don't want any human beings to be affected. So when you have rapid tests can, that can miss up to COVID 25% of the time that can be problematic. However, if they're paired with a physician with appropriate history, background, etc., then rapid tests do have a, uh, have a means, uh, of utilizing and helping, prevent transmission but ultimately I believe the PCR testing is the way to go and the way to do it. Uh, you should definitely have testing before opening uh, the area the, the mosques right uh, and these tests should absolutely be for that work at the mosque. they should definitely well, they come uh, often. They should definitely be the ones getting tested and they have a system set up where you do weekly or biweekly test it uh, for PCR uh, for the COVID system. And when it comes to a large gatherings, uh, events and activities, you also want to get test uh, as many people as possible. That in itself uh, together will help uh, control spread of, test, uh, spread of COVID. Next thing, social bubbles, right? We talked about it. Um, the way you think of social bubbles or think of like tiny communities, right, within your, uh, your mosque. So I would say have certain uh, like l- parts of your community where the people that are um, always interacting with each other are the ones that are always staying together. Like, for example, uh, when it comes to prayer time, when it comes to, you know, for example, if you have an event with food or Ramadan, etc., however you do it, you should have these small bubbles is what we're calling them. Um, and you know try to limit it to under 40 people, the less, the more bubbles, uh, the better, but of course it all depends on the size of the masjid or the mosque uh, you know, or the organization you're at. But the importance of that is when you have these bubbles, uh, what it does is these people that are close to each other, they're only a certain number of people. And if any of them, for example, test positive, then you're able to communicate, you know exactly who in that bubble uh, can have potential exposure. And that's like a, a, a way to um, uh, contact trace, right? It's knowing who's where and what they're doing. And then if someone tests positive, you're able to quickly uh, contact the others and let them know. So that's very important. Um, you know, the, the last thing you want is to, for people to mix. And I can tell you this right now, um, actually I don't have to uh, watch News 12, right? Uh, schools are opening. And the number of cases that are are going up, uh, it's just getting started. You know, people think, oh, we're going to have a little bit of cases and then, you know, no, no cases. No, no, no. The schools that have had almost no cases—they're um, the ones that have a very good system that is similar to what we have set up here. A lot of the public schools that are opening just randomly, and we don't want the mosques to open like this. And 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 if you have kids, you know this—they're—they're they're shutting down for you know extended periods of time. We're putting a lot of kids in quarantine, kind of kills the purpose of you know schools opening up again. It's just in my opinion, uh, the plan is just not set right, and they're just opening, and you don't want to do that during Ramadan, right? Because if you open, you know, without a good understanding of, without a good system, you're gonna expose everyone. If you have to quarantine, the CDC says, depending, you know, of, of, or, or a certain situation up to 10 days, but to be really safe, you're gonna have to shut the mosque down for two weeks, right? And that's half the month of Ramadan. You don't wanna do that, right? So you, you wanna be very careful in, in how to do it. And, and it's doable. If you follow these steps, you know, and this is not something it's made up, uh, you know, my team and I, that consists of Zayn Ali um, and, and others, we've done quite a bit of research with active organizations that have opened up um, that have shown that the uh, COVID transmission is uh, close to 0% or you have more than 100%, close to 100% COVID protection. The next thing is contact tracing automation. And I think I just discussed it already, right? So if you know what people are in which bubbles, if there's someone that is exposed, you just reach out to that group, whether it's email, whether it's phone call, whether it's text message, whatever your community uh, is able to utilize, you can definitely go ahead and do that. Um, You know, and so by, by doing that, you don't have to limit um, you know, people from coming in. Uh, if you can have multiple bubbles, you can have multiple people, uh, you know, of different, uh, you know, you have to like, you don't have to be like, oh, mosque is they're only allowed to have like 20 or 30 people in at a time. No, if you have certain bubbles with appropriate social distancing and appropriate system set up, um, depending on the size of the mosque, you can definitely, um, you know, have more and more people coming in. The other big thing, matters, I think that's, important. you should definitely have some sort of, uh, system set up at the door. Yes, at the door. That's important because a lot of people wear masks and they don't wear them correctly. You know, when you wear a mask, it has to be above your nose. It shouldn't be below your nose because then COVID can definitely spread, right? Uh, so you should have someone that's at the door making sure the masks are put on appropriately. If they're not, especially with the kids, that they are put on appropriately. And if they're not put on appropriately, and if the kid, if the child cannot put the mask on appropriately. Um, then, that, then that person should not be allowed in the mosque because they're at risk of transmission. And, and children, uh, that's another story, uh, you know, are, are definitely harbors of having the virus and, and spreading and They fall into that big category of asymptomatics. And of course, I think temperature checks um, are, are something you can utilize. And off, nowadays, there's so many apps uh, that, that exist out there. Uh, they're free apps there there's paid apps where you can do health checks so they're like very specific set of questions say if someone's going to come in for juma prayer you know on friday like time for juma let me i'm not sure let me open my app uh, and answer these questions and if any of them is positive the app automatically gives you an x don't go you may have covid kind of thing um so you definitely want to utilize technology patterns that's important so you know if your mosque is a small uh or, or large especially i think a, a small mosque you would psychologically be a lot more concerned and you'd probably be a lot more okay we got to make sure things are in a certain way i think traffic patterns are important for small mosques but also large mosques uh because large mosques is where we're going to let our guard down i think the place is large you don't have to worry too much that's the place you want to make sure that you have certain patterns when people enter they go in certain way you know if it's a if, if you're going to utilize a wudu place uh, and you know uh, everyone who should come to the mosque actually should have do, do wudu at their home and not at the mosque you should limit uh, as many people as possible from uh, having wudu at the mosque so you know the small number that haven't done wudu at home uh, do wudu at the mosque you can have and a pattern they
0: set up can... wudu stations potentially even outside Um, because
1: obviously not everyone can keep with you all the time. Of course. Uh, So um, traffic pattern is what you want to utilize. They go in uh, one way. um, And then when they're done, go out the other way. And same thing with entering the area of prayer. Um, It should be set in such a way. So when people enter, they shouldn't be exiting the same way. Because if you have people entering and exiting, you know, that's going to put you at risk. So ideally um, when you do, um, Uh, Enter the if if there are if it's possible, you should have you know different exit, different entrance. So you enter one way and then you exit the other way. Uh, Only if there's only one entrance, then you know have a system set where you limit as much interaction as possible amongst people. you know, the seating design is is something that's been utilized uh, quite effectively in schools, but you know, in mosques, same concept. Yeah, it's not desks or chairs, but um, you know, the key thing is going to be um, where you're sitting. Uh, you know, for prayer, you want to make sure that each prayer area, um, you know, if it's going to be, you know, individually, is set to so six feet apart. Um, the other big thing is you want to allow as much light in as possible. So, you know, one thing I say, uh, if you can, especially the weather changing, try to be outside as much as possible, you know, uh, to do, especially, you know, prayers like Friday prayer, right? And I know it's gonna get hot, but sunlight does play a really big role in killing the virus. So yes, you should have, you know, when it gets super hot tarps, but if you're able to allow sunlight in different methods you can come up with, just do know that it is known to inactivate and kill the virus. Uh, within 15, 20 minutes of exposure. So again, being outside with the sun is going to kill the virus. The other thing is it gives you a lot more space, a lot more room. And at the same time, it allows you to have that distance. And, you know, if someone is infected when they call for sneeze, um, you know, the wind does play a big role, you know, if the chance of catching it could be uh, limited.
0: Um, I, next I things- just noticed, I think your battery is running low. I don't know if you have a
1: plug. Oh, I do actually please I do apologize. Um, let me quickly plug my laptop in. It's such a beautiful day outside, so I'm just enjoying it. Just give me 1 minute. Let me just go ahead and make adjustments. Thanks for letting me know, Zane. Sure. I'll be right back. I apologize. No worries. Okay, sorry about that. I'm back. Uh, Thank you, Zane, for that. Um, So next step, right? Sanitation protocol and design. Um, Just know that the COVID virus can survive on surfaces for up to six to nine days. Depends on the surface, doorknob, cardboard, hands. It depends on uh, what surface it is, but the average survival is six to nine days. Hence, an extremely important reason as to why the most utilized areas especially if you're going to utilize the Wudu areas, they're cleaned consistently. That's very important. So, you know, you want to have hand sanitizer set, of course, as, as uh, I, I, you know, you have to be smart about it. You can put them in as many places as possible, or you can put them um, in the most high utilizable areas, but you want to have them um, very easily accessible. That's very important. Uh, the other big thing is, uh, make sure the hand sanitizers have at least 70% ethanol, um, you know, less than that, it uh, it's ability to kill off the virus is quite limited. So if you're using, you know, hand sanitizer, for example, that's ethanol is like kind of like 25% or 30%, then it's not really doing its job. Then you're going to still be at risk of um, uh, preventing uh, spreading COVID uh, itself. You know, the other big thing, and I think people, um, you know, you know, who, who, come to mosques and we'll be, op- we'll be coming in with all these events. You got to make sure that everyone takes ownership. You know, if someone is going to utilize, for example, Wudu, right, you should have a sit area set up. When everything is utilized, it should be cleaned. So everyone who is there should take ownership and be responsible to make sure that all the areas are wiped as much as possible. Um, so that's very important, I think, when you're going about um, opening up um, these uh, uh, the mosques. Now the other big thing, you want to create a coordination team, right? So you're going to have a lot of these bubbles, right? So let's say, you know, let's say there are, I'm going to say 40 people, right? And we're putting 10 people in each bubble, right? You want to have like one lead coordinator that's able to coordinate with all these bubbles, right? And if your bubbles are bigger, and I'm going to leave that to you guys, right? You want to, your community, you know your community better than anyone else. You know, you can consider having if your bubble is going to be large, for example, one person in the bubble who's responsible for making sure they communicate with that person and vice versa. And then each of these people communicate with one main person that, you know, communicates with the administration of the of the mosque. Right. So one lead coordinator with sport coordinators as needed. And I think if you're able to do like do that, you can make a very small specialized team that's able to keep track of everything. It's able to communicate when communication needs to be necessary. Um, so I think that that's very important. You, you know, I I utilize the word as champion. You got to have champions within the bubbles, uh, those that are willing to volunteer to be champions, staff, volunteers, and then one main champion for the entire mosque. That's going to make sure that you know, things are appropriately followed. These nine steps that we have, eight steps that we have are appropriately followed. And the other big thing, encouraging vaccinations, right? And, you know, this is so important. I just want to address it, uh, it's very important. Uh, I think a lot of people do have this question, you know, are these vaccinations uh, made of products that are haram? The answer is no, they're not. Especially the Pfizer Moderna, absolutely not. Um, you know, it's uh, they, they, utilized, they don't even utilize Aborted stem cells. And there's some, you know, uh, how do I put it? Some controversy behind like, oh, aborted stem cells. What, what does that even mean? Um, you know, that's like where G&J comes in. So I can say right now, Mod- Moderna and Pfizer are safe. Like, is there's no worry at all from that vaccine itself. The J&J vaccine, you will read up on it, and you'll hear, oh, you know, the J&J vaccine, you know, comes from aborted fetal stem cells, for example, right? Um, I looked into it, you know, in 1985, there's actually two fetal stem cells we utilize, uh, you know, from quote unquote fetus. Um, the J&J vaccine was made from a cell that was isolated from the eye, so retinal stem cell from 1985, and we have the ability in today's world to be able to make these cells essentially be immortal, and they use the cell to see the efficacy, um, for example, of how it works. There are no cells, you know, in the virus. That's very important to understand, you know, and the, I'm sorry, in the vaccine, very important to understand that, but just keep that in mind. And I think uh, ultimately, if you're gonna go any of the route and you're not sure, you know, consult with your religious leader uh, for the community, um, but, you know, either or when you go with risk versus benefit, Right. The the risk of not being vaccinated, um, you know, is potentially spreading it to others and um, and people dying. Uh, and I've lost count the number of people I've seen, unfortunately, pass away right in front of me due to this. Um, you know, and no, the viruses do not alter your DNA. And if anyone's concerned about it, I can talk to you about it, um, uh, you know, with something like mRNAs in your body, it's in your cells. Yes, but there's the way that's set up, it's impossible uh, for it to get into your DNA. It's absolutely impossible. It's very difficult uh, for something like this to get in. And just enough, I think I mentioned that my background is in cell biology. So I've done a lot of research um, in, in these things. So I do have a very good understanding of how mRNA technology works so what's the benefit of being vaccinated like this is it and i almost guarantee it the this is gonna eventually you can do everything uh, but ultimately right now the cdc is saying and as a physician we've known this um uh that if you are uh vaccinated you can be around other vaccinated people without masks right i think that's that's amazing right so you if you're fully vaccinated by definition this is very important fully vaccinated means two weeks after the second dose of your moderna or pfizer vaccine so you got your first dose say today your second dose is a month from now which is seven may right you're not vaccinated yet you have to wait two weeks after then your protection kicks in and same thing two weeks after getting the jnj vaccine if you are not within that category and within that if you don't fall in that in that definition, then you're not vaccinated fully. That's very important to understand. So a lot of people are like, Oh, I just, you know, I I've seen very few people at this point. I've actually very few people that come in with COVID who had just gotten the vaccine, um, you know, at the hospital. Uh, and you know, the thing is, they're like, I just got vaccinated. I thought I was, I was cured and I was going around mixing with people. No, you're not. You just got your first shot. some people got their first shot and and we're, we're mixing and then some people got their second shot and, and we're mis- mixing you know and great thing for them i still say the vaccines did their job because they're very high risk people and they ended up going home without having any issues so i was very happy about that so vaccines are, are doing what they're supposed to so you know the other thing you want to uh the cdc is saying that if you're vaccinated and you're you know you're vaccinated you go to someone else's place who is unvaccinated the cdc says that you don't have you don't have to wear masks with them unless that person that you're visiting is high risk. You know, people are like, oh, what falls into high risk category? You know, blood pressure, diabetes. Look, the way I say it, if you're taking a daily medication, unless it's for like allergies, like, you know, a simple allergy medication, if you're taking a daily medication, like blood pressure, diabetes, anything, then you almost always fall into that chronic category. So, you know, uh, if you're going to go, you know, if you're going to think, oh, I'm going to go meet with someone who is not vaccinated, you know, your parents, for example, uh, if your parents are you know, above a certain age, they're definitely high risk, uh, you you can uh, eventually mix. And I expect Uh, The CDC to eventually tell us that we can mix, just like all the other viruses, I'm sorry, all the other vaccines we get, right? We get measles shots, mumps, rubella, and when we get exposed to measles, we don't sit there and go crazy, gotta put masks on, because we have enough data, right? With this, eventually, I believe, this is my opinion, very important, uh, we'll have enough data for the CDC, we'll say, we now that you know if you're vaccinated, um, you know you can mix with anyone without without um, any issues. But I think the guidelines are are, are already pretty uh, pretty good, pretty laxed. Um, so if you can get your community vaccinated, then you know you guys can mix without having to worry about all these special rules. So you know uh, that's very important, and that's why you should be pushing to get vaccinated. There's so many uh, avenues that are opening up, especially with uh, President Biden's recent uh, passage of. Uh, you know, is bill that uh, there's a lot more support for the vaccination. So, in your communities, if you don't have um, opportunities already, they should be opening up very soon. So, I got this checklist from um, you know, there's a there's a joint statement that's released. Um, if you if you reach out to me, I can forward it to you also by the uh, National Muslim Task Force. And if I think if I sent you an invite through email, you have access to it. Um, they they do a pretty good job also talking about you know what the the general consensus is. But I thought this was a pretty good checklist I just put in. Um, uh, It's a great checklist actually. Um, I think you should take it um, and then readjust it according to your own way before opening what you're doing when you're opening. Very important to make sure you have a very good plan and strategy on hand um, prior to opening. Um, So, you know, how can we help, Um, you know, we have a robust team uh, of of physicians, uh, mid-level providers, when uh, and nurses, etc., um, that can um, help you uh, revise an opening strategy. If you already have one, if you don't have one, we can help you come up with one. It's going to be at no cost. And then same thing with the weekly testing to biweekly testing. That's something we can also help with. Um, you know, and if you want to do uh, you know long term projects with us, whatever you need, you can reach out to us um, at any time. And you know, and those that know me, if you have my cell phone, you can call text me at any time. I'm, I'm always very responsive. Um, and, you know, let other places know also, there are methods, there are companies, there are schools that have opened. Um, you know, there are a couple of schools that we, we trained with, actually, I went in, uh, Zane and I went and trained with in person that have been open since the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, when I say beginning, I'm talking with September, right? Uh, schools closed and then school opened up again and they've been open since September and they've had 0% in school transmission amongst their students. And yeah, they're private schools. And, you know, they have a lot of, uh, you know, one of the big things that they have besides a, a detailed plan was a physician on board that helped guide their opening. Uh, so I think that's very important if you can have a uh, a, a very well-trained physician who is, uh, who has a pretty good understanding of how, how COVID is and, uh, and have managed, help manage these. And, and just a physician who understands the guidelines can definitely help you, uh, open safely. I think that's it. That's about us. Um, uh, do you guys have any questions, any concerns? I know it's quite a bit of information, but anyone wants to reach out, you can send me an email, you can give me a call and we can, uh, I can work with you one-on-one to help you, uh, get a plan ready. Is there anyone with questions about anything, vaccinations opening? Oh, it looks like somebody sent a message. Oh, okay, thank you. Okay, no questions. If there are no questions, then I'll go ahead and- I think
0: someone asked, how can they reach out to you? Uh, if you wanna share your sure. email or so, phone number in the chat.
1: Yep. I I can definitely do that. Um, I don't see the chat thing right now, but um, you can email me uh, Manzor M-A-N-Z-O-O-R, at uh, safelyopen.org. Feel free to text me. I'm actually always available. My number is 732-595-8360. Feel free to call me. Um, I think this is very important that we do it right because a lot of us are getting, if we haven't already, COVID fatigue, New Jersey, um, if you <laughs> look it up is a hot state again, and being at the hospital um, at all times, uh, thank you for sharing that, you know, being at the hospital at, um, at all times, I can tell you I myself experienced, cause you know, I'm part of the team that only takes care of COVID patients, um, you know, in central Jersey at one of the hospitals, just a couple of weeks ago, we were so happy things are going down and within a week spiked up again. So, you know, we have a lot of us have COVID fatigue already you know we're getting tired of being indoors all the time you know we're getting more lackadaisical uh with this and we we can't stay closed forever we want to open up so i definitely encourage everyone to open up and i am telling you this could be done safely please utilize your uh you know your resources there are physicians in a lot of communities reach out to them reach out to me see if i can reach out to them you know if you if you have someone in the physician in the community Um, You know, I can speak with them, I can work with them. You know, we can work with them um, uh, to help you guys come up with your method because we all know that you guys are going to open up. Let's do it, let's do it safely, especially during the month of Ramadan. We don't want to be responsible for putting other people's lives at risk. And I am serious when I tell you, I've lost count the number of people that have lost their lives in front of me. There's COVID is not gone, it's not going away anytime soon. It's not until you know we're all vaccinated to a good point that we can finally get back to normal but we're getting there. we're getting there we're close and i think this is a, a very important step um especially with opening mosques um and, and getting back to at least the, the religious life of things
0: thanks doctor um if we could just do a quick summary of like the key things to be aware of if they want to safely open and that there is sure. good news that with the vaccinations growing and and the plan that you've created that there is a way for people to get back together
1: very important to understand i did not create this plan myself i have very very smart people uh like i say geniuses like zane um ali himself uh who's done a phenomenal job uh working uh with me uh to help create this plan so just as an overview this is very important um you know if if there's one thing you can get out of this out out of all these right testing is very important because up to 59% of people per the CDC can be asymptomatic. You got to have some sort of testing system set up, right? The other thing you got to do is when you let people into mosques, right? You have to know who's coming in and where they are, right? Social bubbles are going to be very important. Okay. And lastly, the third thing that I think is very important um, is vaccinations. I think those, those are big, but if you, you know, to break it down, weekly testing, bubbles, uh, that's very important, um, you know, having, as doing as much as possible for social distancing, having areas and protocols set for constantly cleaning um, and encouraging vaccinations. I yeah, think and I, the-
0: I think the good news is that, like, you know, the schools that we've worked with and and what we have seen is that if you implement this plan, the risk is basically gone, um, right? So if little kids can follow this plan and if they can be open, you know, thousands of people coming and going for months on end, and there's no reason why we can't do this at at our other places as well. Yep. And yes, ventilation is important. Um, Absolutely, you know, a lot of centers can't afford to upgrade the ventilation systems. I think the alternative doc is to uh, open windows
1: or do it outside, right? Yep. Open windows. Get as much sunlight in as possible. Sunlight's your friend. And just on a side note, most of us in the Northeast, especially with the pandemic now, a lot of us are deficient in vitamin D. I can almost guarantee most of us are because we don't get enough sun. So getting all that extra sunlight is going to be helpful. And vitamin D plays a very important role in helping build your immune system to fight off COVID infection. FYI. So yes, maybe uh,
0: people can add a little bit of a vitamin D vitamin <laughs> to their. <star. laughs>
1: Um, but, uh, all right. If there are no other questions, uh, you know, you have my contact information, you can reach out, uh, at any time. Thank Thanks you. So much. Thank, Thank you. So much. Thank Thanks you. So much.